and then um at this point neve would go hi and then um one of us would go let's go deep shall we Welcome to Some Depth with Neve and Daisy, our third show on Quarantine FM, a place for friendship, feminism and cultural tidbits. We want to keep you keen while you quarantine, keep you up to date while you isolate. We only have 30 minutes to rock your world, but knowing some of you, that won't be a problem. Welcome back to the third episode of Some Depth with Neve and Daisy. Today, we have a very exciting guest in the form of creative queen, designer Amanda Pratt. I treat Amanda as a bit of a mentor because I have known her since I was a tiny baby. And she is this force of emotional wisdom and creativity and productivity and spirituality. So Amanda is part of our new segment, Some Deep Questions. Now, my beloved Neve isn't here this week. She's under the weather. But she sends her love to all the subdeaths listeners. I can't tell you how weird it is to be introing without her. It's kind of like recording a really long WhatsApp voice note on your own to a friend. Except the friend is like 30 or 40 potential strangers on Spotify or Quarantine FM. Whichever comes first. But anyway... I thought I would take a second in Eve's absence just to sum up some depth because it is important for our some deep questions. I kind of don't know how else to monologue this bit, so um, off we go. Some depth has been crafted from the need to recreate the closeness we feel when we're in the company of our closest friends. So both Neve and I felt that we'd been missing that. Um, being separate from each other and from our other soul sisters, our school friends, college friends, work friends, so on. So we wanted to provide the listeners with some depth. Um, In other words, substantial conversation about essential concepts that interest us without alienating anybody. Um, A level of honesty and intimacy involved that one might only experience in person with a friend. But we also wanted the show to investigate female friendship. So there's depth, wonderful depth, in the connections between modern young women our age and all ages, but only some depth. We want to know, why is that? Why is there a diversity in how far you can take your conversations with certain girlfriends over others? And what governs those decisions? Anyway, given that hippy dippy doodly stuff, allow me to proceed to some deep questions with Amanda Pratt. Hello and welcome to some deep questions with Amanda Pratt. Amanda, a huge welcome to a tiny, tiny show. Thank you, Daisy. (laughs) You're welcome. Just for our listeners, Amanda is a creative powerhouse and a savvy businesswoman to boot. So I figured she would be a wonderful brain to pick when it comes to female friendship. 
I shall ask her now to forgive how rushed this all is. <laughs> I contacted her an hour ago and made her download a recording app for this and she hasn't complained once. I also ran through the show with her earlier, but it was not so good because uh, we became super sidetracked. So this is the second iteration, but radio is not so easy. <laughs> Let's give it a go, Daisy. Go on. Fantastic. Thank you, Amanda. So I will begin with my first deep question. Okay. Please begin by telling me, Amanda, your mother <coughs> and grandmother mm. were stridently feminist in the past. Yeah. How yeah. do you think this affected your female friendships? Well, my grandmother, her name was Stella McVie or Stella Pratt as she became. She was born in 1898 and she <clears throat> was a nurse in Etretar down in the south of France during the First World War. And she said to me, um, she died when she was 92 or 93. And she used to say to me all the time that she wished she'd been a boy because then if she'd been a boy, she could have done all the things that boys can do. So, you know, whereas she had to be a nurse, she wanted to be a soldier and that kind of thing. Um, but so she was just um, somebody who genuinely, she was sort of, I think, I always think myself as being a sort of girl boy. Maybe it's, mm. you know, um, and always want to wear the kind of shoes that would allow me to run or maybe to kick somebody rather than wear the kind of shoes that were meant to be sexy and meant that you're basically not tongue tied, but foot tied. And that never just never interested me. It always interested mm. me to <clears throat> just have my feet in on the earth and not to have to pretend to be anything. Anyway, sorry, we all pretend at certain things. Then the other thing was that my mum, yeah, not not Stella's daughter, but on Stella's my dad's mum, but on mm -hmm. the other side, my own mum, Hilary Pratt, she was one of the founding members of a group of women called the Women's Progressive and then became the Women's Political Association. Um, Mary Robinson was the first chairwoman and my mum was the second chairwoman. Um, and they were responsible for getting uh, the a lot of the very first women into Irish politics. So that would be, um, well, Mary Robinson herself, Mary Benotti, Gemma Hussey, um, Mary Henry, gosh, you know, anyway, There's a lot. some incredible yeah, associations. Yeah. When, when yeah. you told me that earlier, I just thought it was a really serendip quite serendipitous to find that out because we had mentioned previously um, on, a, on the last episode of Some Depth with Neve, um, the significance of Mary Robinson to both of us yeah, and her platonic friendship and her platonic love for Ivan Boland right yeah okay sure yeah. and how you know this sort of goes back to the theme of some depth being about female friendship and yeah. it being the epicentre of our lives now at age 25 you know sure. yeah and sure. um, I just thought that it was really interesting to know that context about you. I've known you a long time, but I didn't know those things. Well, when I was about, I would say uh, 10, 11, that kind of age, we were, myself and my brothers, we were all um, made to put um, stickers saying, why not a woman and voting um, sort of paraphernalia into envelopes, sending them all around to all, and anybody to try and get them to vote for women. So, I mean, it was such That's a huge part of my yeah. childhood. And um, 
<clears throat> yeah, yeah, and and my mother's friends were they were all they're all still are really interesting and strong-minded and they really believed in equality you know really fundamentally actually so and i can i kind of think that having women with that 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 energy about them of pushing forward and and actively changing it, yeah. it must have had such a such an effect on your <clears throat> mindset that you know the the acknowledgement that there are things to be changed yeah and the other thing actually i've just thought of it daisy is that my dad was um an international squash player and he was probably one of the the best players say in fitzwilliam yeah. tennis club yeah so i was it was a great pride for me when i was a child that i could turn to squash in the guinness book of records and my dad's name would be there for international caps but <laughs> he left fitzwilliam um wow. because they wouldn't allow female members to support my mother. Did he? Mm. I didn't know that. No, yeah, he did. He he handed his resignation in. Um, and I remember my mum also sent a letter, even though we weren't active members of the Church of Ireland, and my mum sent a letter to the Archbishop saying that she was leaving the church officially until they had uh, women, clergy women, which we've had in the Church of Ireland for a very long time. Women, wow. church women are just all over the place in the church one, yeah. So there were an awful lot of different things that, and I also, as I said to you earlier, I actually went to the very first yeah, iteration of Educate Together. It was a pilot idea yes, for a multi-denominational dopey. national school, yeah. Wow. And so it was the only multi-denominational national school in Ireland, um, and girls and boys, and mixed religion. So actually an awful lot of things came together to really genuinely make me believe in my life mm. that I'm no less because I was born female. Exactly. And what you say about even down to the choice of shoe, I mean, what you wanted really as a child was the same level of freedom that they had. Oh, yeah. And that yeah, fundamentally exactly. goes back to what it's all about. But I And think... it doesn't mean, by the way, Daisy, because my first words when you read shoes, it didn't mean that I didn't love shoes and I didn't <laughs> love fashion. No. And I didn't love beauty, which I always did. But it was that... I wasn't going to be um, swaddled up in stuff that only girls can do. No, exactly. And, it, not. And, and shoes are a perfect example of that because what you can accomplish in, in boys' shoes, you can't really. Yeah. The stuff that we've been sort of told we have to wear. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, um, I, I suppose to bring it back to female friendship, when I think about my my friendships with women now that I really enjoy there are certain characteristics uh, of the friendships that I don't experience with my male friendships in the same way um, so one example is like with my friend Emma from school I, what I uniquely have with her is this ability to like laugh hysterically at nothing in particular mm. we can just mm. sort of communicate that way mm. and I can't I can sometimes do that with other women, but I can't do that with men. That's just one example. I mean, there's many examples. But that's because you went to a single sex school. If you'd gone to a, uh, if your education had been um, both sexes educated together, then the friendships you would have made from school would have been both sexes. That's why so. that's happened. Oh yeah, sure, I know it. Because I definitely have <clears throat> male friends who I've met in college, as I was telling you earlier. Yeah. Um, who I've forged amazing friendships with. You know, I say all the time that my yeah, friend the only Richie... Reason you don't have, the only reason you don't have that for your school friends is because you were at a girls' school. 
Right, it's exactly. the only reason. God, yeah. I had plenty of boyfriends from my mix because I also went to a mixed boarding school from when I was 12 to 18. And uh, I've just as many boys who I think are fantastic friends as I have girls. And that's I definitely where do we were have talking that earlier. Now. Yeah. Sorry. We were talking earlier about the influence of the Catholic Church, mm. and particularly on the position of women in society and what women think of themselves. And um, so, you know. Um, the kind of yeah I think it's a single sex school I'm sorry but I do yeah I think that's definitely an element in it but I I, I suppose what I wanted to get at was Mm. what do you find is unique in the connections that you forge with women that you don't find in your other relationships so for me it was that humor that I share with Emma obviously no I don't think there's any difference really no okay I, I think I think for me there's like a number of different things um, yeah, but the, I don't necessarily agree it could they come down just from my single sex school experience. Yeah. Um, honestly, well, we have to we have to we have to talk to lots of other people and see what they think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but that's interesting. I I also wanted to ask you, um, and I asked you this a bit earlier, but yes. when you reach this happens to all women when you reach an impasse or a difficulty in a friendship and you don't know what to do about resolving the problem what do you do um well firstly think about it carefully i think uh think about try and work out what happened and what you want the result to be um get over the heated period of it Take a lot of deep breaths and give yourself time and work out what it is that you really want to say. And Mm. if you want the relationship back on track, um, I would be inclined to be pretty honest about it and pretty straight up. Okay, yeah, I think I think it always goes back to that for me that you you do just need to address the issue. But sometimes these these things get cloudy depending on who you're dealing with. but all relationships are difficult I mean you know that's just that is the nature of things Mm. all relationships with another human being are difficult and they'll pass through so many different iterations yeah and especially now that I'm 25 I feel that this is a bit of a turning point right Um, okay you, you know I think when you're a woman my age you yeah and especially now during quarantine actually even recently i've just been musing over what i take for granted in my friendships yeah and what i want out of friendships and what i want out of different connections yeah and um yeah i think i think honesty and and being direct about problems is really central to that and I mean, <clears throat> that doesn't mean that you have to be direct and be rude, but certainly being honest. So, yes. you know, you're not going to, I mean, you don't, you don't want to deliberately hurt somebody, but you want to be as honest and authentic as possible, as much yourself as possible. Of course. So, Amanda, are there certain virtues or characteristics that you look for in a friendship? <laughs> gosh. Oh, gosh. I'd have thought trustworthiness, trustworthiness would be a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, shared interests. Um, authentic. Mm-hmm. People who aren't people. Yeah, people who are very who are people who are themselves and who show themselves honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Those might yeah. be them. I'm not sure. Those are pretty crucial. 
What effect, you talked a bit about social media earlier. I know that you don't really indulge at all. No. Um, What effect do you think social media has on female friendships specifically nowadays? Well, Daisy, I, you know, the thing is that I, I, I can't speak from experience because no, I have sure. deliberately <clears throat> eschewed social media since I left Avoca. Um, and as I said to you earlier, I think social media, it's, it, for me, when we were in Avoca, it was a version of advertising in a way because it's a way of connecting with people who like your product or um, like-minded people and that kind of thing. But in terms of... Um, your social life what strikes me about social media is that like in any photograph in anybody's sort of drawer from any era they you tend to be putting your best foot forward and then people appear to be looking for some kind of approval from that then you don't get it and there may be an anxiety spiral if if you know that's the result well then you're going to you need you start to think you need to change yourself so those are the things that really freak me out because you can pretend to be, you know, you show your brightest, prettiest self on, on, in social media. It's not the reality when you wake up at six o'clock in the morning and uh, <clears throat> then you're even, you mightn't be just a disappointment to others. You might be a disappointment to yourself. So there's just, there's so many things that freak me out and worry me about it for younger generations yeah yeah an awful lot i think for me it's because i think in female friendships specifically nowadays i mean this couldn't this might not be true for everybody but there's often a veneer anyway and sometimes it gets uncovered when you're one-on-one with them and you're having your conversations and you're experiencing things together but then you know when that those conversations those experiences are over and you go home and you look at each other on social media sometimes you feel that disconnect again because you sort of say oh but but that wasn't what i thought you would say or yeah. do and you yeah. know it doesn't match up with the person you know sometimes. it just seems to me that it's um it's a kind of a sidebar of a pretense or a cartoon of life yeah it's yeah. like there's a second parallel playing play going on in all your lives whereas if you're able to just live life like <clears throat> just in the here and now and with what you're experiencing here and now um, then it, it's, com- it's completely different than having this sidebar of look what I'm doing look how lovely I am look how clever and all that I, I, I look that's why I don't like it and mm. I also know that it's done great things but it really really worries me how it changes the behavior of people and how it changes their views of themselves. I also think it may um, encourage unkindness and I think that is Mm. a horrific, horrific thing to do. I think the thing to encourage at all times in all people is kindness. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree. And I think it it worries you justifiably so, it worries you because it does worry me, yeah. I think I, I <clears throat> definitely do participate in what I call crowdsourcing approval. Like yeah. when I, uh, that, that's, and I think a lot of, that's how a lot of people approach these apps is they're crowdsourcing approval. They're, they're seeking something that yeah, they're not I know, getting Daisy. in their I know. personal relationships. So. But sorry, the thing is that you will get it in your personal relationships if you don't have this sidebar, as sure. I say, film or play that's going on through your phone. Yeah, but look, there's no it, it, there's no going back from it, and I don't know. Uh, 
I don't have an answer. I think I there's an there's a certain honesty you can celebrate in it. And you can celebrate the use of being able to connect with people over it that you can't otherwise connect with. For example, I can I can speak to my international friends whenever I want through it, where I, whereas I probably can't otherwise. And there's a sort of a passive connection I feel with people that makes me miss them less if they're far away or mm. so there so I just try and focus on those positives and just try and leave out the more negative aspects like mm. um Amanda, this is a pretty open ended, some deep question. Right. What kind of a role <clears throat> does power play in female friendship in your Gosh, tell me, say a little bit more about what you mean by that. So power in, say, a romantic relationship with a boyfriend. Yeah. You there's a there's a a pull and uh, what what do they say? Like a, there's a there's a balance, and you feel like there's a certain level of control that that one of you has maybe over the other and over your agenda or over what you're doing. And do you think that there is the same balance of power or? back and forth in a female friendship gosh <clears throat> Daisy I, I, I don't think I can I don't think I can answer that because it doesn't nothing it doesn't feel like an answer is coming to me on that because um, well that's okay it's I a think complicated power, of question. well I, I think I suppose the thing is that as I said I think earlier every single relationship that you have with another human being involves myriad uh myriad emotions and myriad feelings so I don't I suppose there must be power in in everything and no power as well in everything Mm, yeah 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 I know what you mean definitely I thought it I thought it was interesting because I sometimes wonder that myself like if you get into conflict in a like romantic relationship or even in a familial relationship um, I often wonder if I would have the same conflict in a female friendship, you know, because I... Well, <clears throat> I think the difference with, say, a romantic uh, relationship, and you're, you were talking about guys, so, um, uh, say, a heterosexual romantic relationship, is that at your age, um, you know, you're looking, presumably, at, you know, what is the next bit of my life I've sort of been I've done the being a child I've done the adolescence I've done college now what do I have to do oh yeah maybe I have to find a partner maybe I have to have a family and so I think it, there are completely different dynamics in trying to find somebody who you think you might like to hang around with for a long time which by the way in its own right is very difficult and you're very bloody lucky if you happen to find exactly somebody who you can put up with for a long time oh totally um, well in my case I'm definitely looking at a couple of few more years of adolescence if, <laughs> if I'm lucky. no you're not <laughs> but what I yeah I know exactly what you mean at this point of life the dynamics change and um, and I, th- I I can feel that happening in, in all of my connections with everybody it's just you're you're less of a child and yeah but of course yeah I think it's it's an interesting everything point. everything is changed we're all energy mm. and energy is always moving and everything we do and everything everything we touch and everything we are is always moving mm. so you have to just be you know that whole the whole maxim really through meditation and uh, so many other things through Buddhism is just learning to be 
as you know, in the moment and learning to be now and being here, not yeah. thinking too much about what has been or what will be, if possible. Of course, and that that feeling like you have, um, you can only control yourself, as, yes. as you often say to me. Um, yeah, well, it's true. You can't, you can't, um, you can't make other people change. The only thing that you can can, can change is yourself and is your reaction to what somebody else can do or does yeah it's your reaction that is is the thing that you have to look after and and trusting your own reaction is very important mm, yeah and and evaluating okay why did i react like that you know yeah exactly and give yourself time to think why did i mm. um yeah yeah I often find that um, sometimes when I'm trying to evaluate how I feel about something, I look at how I reacted um, instantly. And then I kind yeah. of go, well, why did I act like that? Why did I behave like that? Like, why? Because sometimes people do that and then they say, oh, that was just, you know, in the heat of the moment. I didn't actually mean that. I go, well, sometimes your initial reaction is the reaction. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, mm. it could okay. be. I have another question. Yes. My next question is, um, oh yeah, this is a good one because it applies very much to some depth. Uh, Neve and I obviously enjoy a pretty deep friendship in that we can talk uh, at length about quite essential concepts, quite deep stuff. And I find that generally every woman I become friends with has a different barometer and appetite for emotional depth in friendship. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah. But I think it's, I just think that's human beings. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, it, is it because of how we're brought up or is it just because just we're all individuals? We're yeah. All, we're, just because we're all individuals, we're all, we're all different. Yeah. And we have a different emotional depth barometer. Yeah. We're just all different things, different. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I often wonder what how did I come across Neve, my little kind of like a little emotional <clears throat> soulmate, but she's my friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and but, our well, paths luckily crossed. <laughs> exactly. I think that's all you can say. Your paths luckily crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And you tend to be drawn towards people who share your interests, of course. And uh, I would find with friends that some friends I I love seeing them because we just never stop laughing because we share exactly the same sense of humor. Somebody else, it might be that actually what I really find interesting is what is that they'll talk to me about business. Somebody else, they mm. might be about design and somebody else about the environment. Somebody else, it might be spirituality. So, you know, yeah, everybody yeah. gives, we, we, we get different things. Like in a meal, you get, you know, 10 different things in your meal that comes together um, and it's like friends that you get different things from different friends and you choose those friends for what they very kindly give you and mm. they choose you for what you very kindly can give them sure and everyone plays a slightly different role yeah yeah okay well I just have one last question for you Amanda yes to finish up some deep questions yeah what do you think is a milestone in a woman's life that would cause the greatest change in her friendships in her friendships mm. daisy i think it can be anything that mm. that could be anything yeah um, 
it could be something that happens to you or it could be something that happens to the friend but as a woman you asked me earlier um certainly I think the biggest thing for me in terms of having to actually change my life and when I say my life I mean the way I think the way I thought was having children yeah yep that that does seem to be a really common thread um that I hear a lot from different women that you know oh my friendships remained absolutely the same until I became a mother and then everything did change I didn't find that with friendships Daisy oh you didn't okay no no I didn't sorry it was only me that had to change no I didn't my friendships didn't change it was me who had to change of course but that was I had to change only in terms of responsibility that prior to that um, I only had to take responsibility for myself and for my work and things like that and suddenly I had to well I had twins and they're 27 now but um and of course an enormous joy in my life thank goodness but um yeah that Jesus it changed everything but it didn't stop me I had twins uh, they were in hospital for two weeks and I was back working in Avoca um two weeks later just like and, my mom yeah well because at the time and again this comes down to I don't want to be I'm delighted to be a woman but I don't want to be um I want to I don't want to play that obvious woman's role. It's well, just it's about it's me. about that agency, isn't it? That you get to that you get to create that path for yourself rather than just fill in. I don't know. It's 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 <clears throat> because I'd also and I mean this was one of the very important things of course for the women's political movement and and you know through my mum for example was that we absolutely if people don't want to work that's absolutely perfect too i couldn't give a hoot but mm-hmm. it is to be allowed to choose what it is that makes you happy yeah. and you know for women through the centuries i mean you know you could do a million radio broadcasts about the position of women i mean as you know um women had to give up work when they uh, got married uh, women yeah. in victorian times would write letters before they went into labor saying goodbye and uh, my own great grandmother died um in india actually from having twin birth that went wrong so i'm a, a kind of repeat of her story thank goodness had um a different experience but uh you know the women's position has changed in excrably since my grandmother was born in 1898 and it's very important for us to remember that yeah. and for us to be as women very intersupportive to for us as older women to support you young women um and to allow the traits that are in us which i think are slightly less competitive and potentially slightly less kind of egotistical than men Mm. If those things could come f- closer and further into the world and come through women and when we look at the moment at how women in power um are dealing prime ministers and that kind of thing and are yeah. dealing with this epidemic women really are coming across very very well and we need good women to take responsibility in as many areas as possible and um <clears throat> that's really what's very exciting about about being female and mm. uh if if you guys are able your generation are able to in some way get this question of how social made media makes you feel with each other you know you'd be doing 
all women a great great service a huge favor because i mean that's exactly what that's a really good point to end on as well but uh, to lead with empathy which is supposed to be you know the kind of jewel in the crown of what women are about yes but not to be apologetic for being strong we all know that the things that are used the words that are used about men in the workplace for example or in politics who have got leadership qualities they're strong they're decisive we know that in exactly the same situations the kind of words that I use about women is that they are bitches or that they're bullies or uh, their clothes are commented on or their weight or whatever you know we have got to get to the stage and all of us have to play a part in it where we do not do this to each other and we do not allow men to do it and women cannot be bitchy to each other because uh, we're not going to change this world we're not going to change it Mm. unless we allow kindness to be kindness towards each other and love towards each other to be the the message well what a good message to end on amanda completely <laughs> i daisy hickey endorses this message <laughs> i think we have, we have Thanks, come to daisy. the end of some deep questions with amanda pratt thank you very much for having amanda. me on your 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 show Yes, very sweet. Of course. Thank you so much thank for your you. insights. What a lovely chat. Uh, Not at thank all. you. Um, thank you. Oh yes, you said we had to do bye bye bye, but I have to say good luck with the book. You're allowed to say good luck with the book. Bye.